episode 61 of the two-way podcast is brought to you in part by Luando's Auto Services. Just picture it. You're driving on Kimball Avenue and a car decided to not stop at the Berwyn intersection. Boom, your car gets hit and you're wondering what can possibly go right from here? You wanna know the answer? It's Luando's. Take your car in and get the quality customer care and auto services you need to get you back on the road in no time. Luando's has trusted reviews, 4.3 on Google to be exact, and will make sure you are fully satisfied. You may walk in feeling all bent out of shape, but I promise you that at Luando's, you'll leave feeling like a true winner. You can't miss the vibrant red, white, and blue patriotic colors located on Kimball and Foster in the North Park neighborhood. Welcome back into a new episode of the Two-Way Podcast. It is Andy, and as always, I am joined by Eddie. It's been a while, man. I feel like we haven't done this in about a month. Do we have to retrain ourselves on how to do a podcast together? I think we've just entered into a whole new universe. I don't know. I I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And then I was like, it's a podcast. Hands aren't involved. How do I make my voice sound? Do I have to apply an accent? It's been a while, man. Lots of things have happened, lots of news, and quite frankly, just really missed you. It's been a long month, man. I mean, obviously Christmas, New Year's, there's a lot going on, a lot of traveling, a lot of family time. I was out in Massachusetts, out on the East Coast, visiting Haley's family. It was all good. Uh, Brutal weather is pretty cold. Um, But then... Flew back to Chicago for a day, and then we booked it straight to Florida and enjoyed the sunshine for a week. It was glorious. Literally had breakfast outside every single day. Um, kind of what, Did you guys go to your favorite uh, breakfast spot? Not breakfast. Uh, favorite like dinner spot right on the water. It's called Doc Ford's. Incredible. Yeah, they like good tacos, right? Incredible Yucatan shrimp tacos, man. Incredible. Yucatan shrimp tacos. Uh, no, we did not go. It was one of those trips where we'll try uh, going there next time. But it was it was a good trip. Um, and you, my friend, you were out in Washington. Yeah, it was a you know pretty nice trip, although. Definitely was a little draining, not as restful as it normally would be. Lots of little things happened, but it was a good trip. You know, we got to see both family, got to spend some time up at the cabin, which you obviously were there for, you know, for my engagement. And, you know, got to come back home a couple of days early. We booked our flights back in September when we were trying to save money, and we stupidly booked them um, at certain times of the day, but also we booked it the day before New Year's. So we didn't even fly back on New Year's, so... It was nice. We got some extra time to just kind of settle back in at home, but we didn't really do a whole lot for New Year's, and we're in bed by uh, 1030, so super adventurous of us fishers. Rule of thumb, never fly back the day before New Year's. (laughs) Well, rule of thumb, just, you know, maybe don't buy cheap tickets all the time. (laughs) It's, like, not always super helpful, but... We did that, that, what, uh, after Joe's wedding, we... 
So when we were all living in Chicago, we flew. It was crazy. We like left Joe's wedding at like 10, drove like two hours near the airport and then got up at like three. We like stayed at this hotel airport thing. It was so weird. Um, some of us were still baked. I was not okay. Mom and dad, whoever's listening to this podcast, I was not. Um, a hundred percent was baked. Not, but, uh, it was, it was all good. Um, let's, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, we're going to play a little catch up because clearly we have not recorded in a month and a lot has happened from like mid December until now. Today recording on, uh, recording on January 15th. So, um, let's get right into it. Christmas day games. Uh, it was mediocre at best. Let's be honest. Uh, the bucks got blown out. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Raptors got blown up by the Celtics. Um, you know, the, the real intriguing game actually was seeing the terrible Golden State Warriors knock off the Rockets, which was a game that I wasn't planning on watching anyways. And I missed it dead last in my games to watch. I think if I remember, yeah, it was. And then Lakers Clippers, we know like you know, the, 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 the heightened like level of attention that game served. And I don't think anyone paid attention to the Nuggets Pelicans game. Um, did you watch any of the Christmas games or uh, I tried to, I mean, we were, we were with family that night, so I didn't really get to watch many of the games, but I mean, I'm glad I, I didn't. I mean, it, it wasn't very entertaining. I mean, every game was either a blowout or a game that just wasn't really worth watching. I think the Bucks and the 76ers might have been a more interesting game, but I, I wasn't interested at all. I mean, especially yeah. since, you know, I don't think the Clippers were playing at full strength. I don't even think Paul George played in that game, if I can remember correctly. But, oh, you know, he did. He did, but, he, I mean, they were they were barely playing at full strength. I mean, and they just cruised by the Lakers in my mind. So it's a, it's a borderline D minus F for Christmas day games. Uh, we've seen some incredible games over the last decade. Uh, 2019 was probably the worst this decade on Christmas day games, which is a real damper to way to end the decade. But, um, yeah, we're starting the new decade, which is, fascinating to me to see what we're what we're what we're entering into with the, uh, the nba obviously we had our predictions on our last podcast but we're starting off the 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 new decade right podcasting as friends so well what started off the new decade was the passing of david stern um you know he was Huge having news. having some complicated health issues um and people didn't really know what to make of it because that David Stern sort of mentality that everyone has about him is that he always finds a way to fight back and, you know, he couldn't fight back on this health one and, um, passed away yeah, on New Year's Day. He suffered a brain hemorrhage, which is that that's just one of those things where you're either pretty incapacitated and very different in terms of how you, you know, are my giving a personal, you know, perspective, my former boss at my last company, her husband had a brain hemorrhage and passed away last year. 
Um, basically, the doctors gave him a ninety percent chance, or a five to ten percent chance of living. And if that was the case, I mean, he would be completely different as a person. So yeah, um, yeah, big, big, big moment in NBA history. Obviously, a very terrible moment in NBA history, just for the loss. Yeah, um, and and you know, David Stern is what kind of has made the NBA what it is today. I mean, you know, Adam Silver is doing you know, just as good a job taking over the reins. But I think what Adam, uh, what uh, David Stern was able to do about bringing basketball globally, internationally, um, made them millions of dollars. The whole TV deal that he brought to uh, was gigantic. Um, You know, he was well-liked by players around the league. Like this guy made the NBA in the eighties. That was like hardly watchable. I mean, yeah, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson made it, you know, helped with that. But like, well, he brought it. He brought it to the forefront of American viewership. You know, right? I mean, like yeah. back in the eighties um, was when it really started to kind of turn. But you you weren't able to really get games on TV, right? So what David Stern was known for was just dragging this league into notoriety and to what it is today, which is arguably the most popular sport in my mind in, in America from a, just a confidence level of where it's at from how well it's run. Obviously NFL is more popular from a viewership standpoint, but um, probably in my mind, the best league we have in sports it, today, it brings, it brings fans closest to the players like personality relationally. Well, right. I mean, you see their faces, the, the superstars have faces. You can match the face to the name. Um, I mean, but the, the big, the big legacy for him is the, the fact that he was able to make this a league of recognition and, and he made the owners a ton of money because of it. I mean, he was able to make it matter. He controlled the league with like an iron fist because the owners made a ton of money on the value of their franchises that they didn't care about giving up control to David and, um, Stern, you know, did what he did best, which was he was a very intelligent, very smart lawyer at, in terms of how he was able to maneuver the league. And and now we're seeing the league transition into a much better situation. And I, th- I think if we can talk for a second about the last few years of his legacy were tarnished. The only thing of note of note was probably the TV deal. And Yes, that was huge for how the league changed, but I also wonder how much of that was also down to Adam Silver's maneuvering um, before he transitioned out of the commissionership. But yeah, I, it touches me personally because, and I said this stupidly in our Marco, but I, I wasn't super upset that I didn't like shed a tear too much the day of because I'm a Seattle SuperSonics fan, and he. That's one. That's the one moment where we have to actually talk about. We're coming back to the fact that David Stern, because of his his how he handled the NBA, he really didn't stand for any city pushing back against what he required to keep a team in in, in a, a franchise in a city. I mean, he wanted money for stadiums. He wanted to make sure that the cities took care of these things. I don't know. What is your take on uh, David Stern's legacy the last few years? Yeah, it, it's kind of a gray area, right? Like he's uh, he's so well liked, I think, from the the bulk of it, but kind of near the end when he was kind of 
kind of ready to pass it on. You could kind of tell it just seemed like he didn't really know what he was doing. He didn't really know how to transition out. The whole Sonics thing was not really a good look for him. Um, Seattle was really, you know, not one of the, the major marketing cities at the time, like it what like it is now because of Amazon and Microsoft continuing to grow. But, you know, I think if, if there was a do-over, I think he would um, not have allowed the Sonics necessarily to lose their franchise. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not, you know... I'm not the biggest fan as it as uh, you know the last few years of his commissionership, but um, you know what? It's uh, I know it touches you in a, in a much deeper sense because you're from out there and you're a Sonics fan. So yeah, he's a real cock. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> and that's a wrap on David Stern's passing. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is, is David Stern wasn't even the commissioner when they did they wrapped up the TV deal. Um, Adam Silver was the commissioner at that point. So honestly, I'm not giving him credit at all. That so guy. so you know, no. Seriously. As we transition away from the David Stern talk, any any last words <laughs> for? He's a fucking douche. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What is what would you say is something that you're in a positive sense that you're taking away that like he did for basketball did for the NBA? He solidified and made a foundation for the league, and 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 wisely gave players a good share of revenue. I would say so basically giving a good foundation. Yeah, and I would say giving players kind of that platform to, you know, be themselves. And there's been a lot of, um, I don't know, there was a lot of pushback when guys in the early 2000s were wearing what they wanted and and then they kind of tr- changed the dress code on that. But I think he he really valued, you know, players in the league and, who they stood for and, and, and what their values were. And I think he, he put them on a, on a good, you know, platform to, to be superstars essentially. So world, world-class figures. Um, so let's, let's fast forward, uh, the, to the, the, the following week, right? January 8th through 14th or something like that last week. Some of the news that came out was Jim Beeline, the Cavs coach, calling his team not slugs, but thugs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I when I heard this, I was like, of course, his 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 follow up response to this was I wasn't intentionally trying to say the word thugs. I was trying to say uh, you're moving like slugs. <laughs> it's like. What a not, not a great look for our guy Jimmy over here. I mean, I'm going to state this. I think he probably did mix it up to some degree, but your conscious, your conscious statement is still saying something similar. And I think that's where the issue was. I mean, it, not a great look in a sport where the, the sport is predominantly black or people of color. And people of color are predominantly considered or given these racial connotations with the words of thugs, 
gangsters, all these different things. So not a great look uh, for a franchise that already is, you know, not great. Well, yeah. I mean, the old school mentality of people like Stephen A. Smith went on first take and said, thugs is okay. Say the word thugs. I don't care. Thugs, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing to say. But then Jay Williams on the other end, you know, a little bit more with the younger poll, younger generation was like, look, times have changed. Language has changed. You know, mm, older white guy telling a bunch of young predominantly african-american i think the question is is if that was a flip there was an old you know black guy or anybody else like what would that look like you know what i mean like what what is the frustration there with the players i mean they, they were playing like trash they haven't been competing to a large extent and they have veterans on that team what is that like calling out the effort is fine by in my my opinion but does he know the difference I don't think there's any, I mean, I don't think there's, let's just say this. It's not worth dwelling on. He clearly messed up. He spoke out of his <laughs> subconscious. And you know what? Even if, even if it was a fair term to use in the sense of like, they just weren't trying better words to be used. Well, apparently, better, better apparently words. his, his, uh, he had an emotional apology to the team and was like crying about it. Does he know the difference between a thug and a slug? I don't think they have the same meaning. Well, I'm going to guess that his brain is as <laughs> slow as a slug. <laughs> well, didn't catch up there with what he was trying to say. So, yeah, they're not. Yeah. Not great. Well, anyway, there's another there was another thing that week and another beef. And it was kind of surprising when I first learned about it with two players that were former teammates that actually I only heard nice things going back and forth between them in the past. Kendrick Perkins, who's been out of the league for a long time now. And I mean, I guess not really because he was always a bench warmer for the last few years on LeBron's teams as an enforcer, but Kendrick Perkins calling out KD. What is your take there? What is your thoughts on this whole beef about Kendrick Perkins calling out KD, you know, taking the easy way out? Look, Kendrick Perkins is, he thinks, you know, because he's won a championship and he was with those 08 Celtic dogs, right? With KG and Rondo and Allen and Pierce, like, you know, the the, the tough riders, the, the the guys that would lock it in and, and, and be tough. And did, did he win one with the Cavs? I don't know, but it's irrelevant. I no, think he... he has no right to um, enter into talking about KD's legacy. I think, you know, he's given this nice TV platform now on, 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 on the jump, right. Sharing his opinions and thoughts. And he feels like he can just call out anyone. And I think, I think Perk doesn't really have the place here. Um, It's great for NBA Twitter. NBA Twitter is the best, right? Like I think out out of any sport that we're comparing, People love NBA Twitter, and I think, you know, Durant's not going to put his foot down. And even Durant was mingling with guys, random fans, right? Like, random fans were tweeting at Durant, and he was responding uh, in response to some of Perk's uh, jabs, right? Um, But it's like, you know, yeah, it might be good for Twitter, but I think for Perk, he has no place, man. 
No place. No. I mean, a guy that's averaged five points and five or six <laughs> rebounds in his career doesn't get to talk shit at all. I don't care if he's won a championship. That championship was largely won by a team that was led by KG playing center. So fuck off. That was I'm the sorry. best. That was the, that was the best Durant comeback though. Like you ever from talking from a guy that uh, averaged two points, three rebounds, or something in the finals. <laughs> yeah, like you did nothing on his championship team. And to be fair, like I think if I don't if James Harden didn't get traded away that year, I don't think KD leaves Oklahoma City because I think they win a championship. I'm sorry if your organization trades away one of its three best players who's transcendent already. I don't blame Katie for leaving. I also hate o- Oklahoma City Thunder, so I don't have any sympathy for them not winning a championship. But well, you, you can't call out one of the 20 best players of all time. Well, you got to know, Perk, Perk is old school, and he felt you know, betrayed that he left – a, a, a contender to go play for the team that beat them in the conference finals. And, you know, he felt like he, I get what he's saying, but you're not saying anything new. Exactly. And the, and he's, he's not, a, 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 he wasn't even a contributor to that thunder, that thunder run. No. <laughs> so here's the thing. Katie is in the top 40 in scoring all time. And he's only 31 years old. The Can guy I tell you is something? a top 20 player already. Can I tell you something? He's... Yes. This is a hot take. This is really spicy. I think he's going to win a title with the Nets. I'm entering you into that arena. I mean, don't get me wrong. This, I think this decade's going to have a lot more parity. But... Dude, I don't like Kyrie Irving on that team. And I, I like KD. KD, can, KD is proven and clearly can be the best player on the championship team. They got to work one of the best players of all yeah. time. I just don't trust him coming back off his injury yeah. at that age with his body. And I'm sorry, Kyrie is not great right now and ha- hasn't really proven he can do it at the levels necessary to win a championship without a guy like LeBron James. And guess what? K- KD is just not LeBron James. Right. So, well, let's let's transition here because um, let's 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 talk about the Nets, right? Let's talk about where they're at right now. Um, Kyrie Irving just recently came back uh, this past week from injury. He's been out for a few months. Uh, we didn't know whether he was going to get surgery on that shoulder or if, or if he was just going to, you know, play through it and and just kind of, you know, take a shot of whatever and and play through it and then uh, have surgery in the off season and. It looks like the route he's taking is playing. They're right now the eighth seed. They lost to the Sixers tonight. They're nope. not. They're not going to drop out of that top eight because it's a huge drop off from there. And you're looking at teams like the Hornets, the Pistons, the Bulls, and they all suck, right? Yep. But like, they're not going to go up either in the standings. Like, there's maybe they could pass the Magic, who's currently holding the seventh seed. But like. The reality it's is the top six and then everybody else. Right. The reality is you're going to get bounced in the first round by either the Bucks or the um, Celtics or whoever. Right. The Sixers, yep. Pacers, whoever. Yeah. Raptors. So. Um, so my thing is. Would you rather see more of the young core develop 
like a Levert coming back, Dinwiddie continuing to run the team, Jared Allen, um, and just kind of see where this season goes. I mean, obviously they're not in position to win with Durant being out all season. What no. benefit is there to risk further injury with Kyrie Irving? I, like, I, I don't see the point of him playing right now. No, and, and to be fair, he's not great right now. Like, yeah, he posted a decent game against Utah. They still lost. He posted an absolutely atrocious game tonight, a negative 29 plus minus against the 76ers, a team that they need to beat, a team that they could beat in theory if they're playing at their best. They're two, they're one and two since he's been back, and the one game is against Atlanta, so whatever. We'll see what this looks like in a few games, but Dinwiddie and this team were playing efficient basketball. Now, granted, like, yeah, you're right. The question to ask is not whether Kyrie Irving is good. That's a stupid question. The question is to ask is, is it worth it? Is it worth it this season, in theory, when you could rest him, let him be full strength next year, go get any surgeries you need, go take the, the rest of the season off? If we make the playoffs, great. But the thing is, is this is where Kyrie's ego comes back into play, and we can't forget history here. Two years ago, on a team that he was expected to be the leader of, to this franchise was going to be his because Gordon Hayward gets injured. He also gets injured in that same year. Doesn't play right. He doesn't play down the stretch. This young team figures it out and carries this team almost to the finals, right? Mm -hmm. Without Kyrie. And that tells you a lot of stuff about the, the reality of the situation is Kyrie is going to stay in this team. Cause I mean, they, they, to be fair, they do need him to maintain a high standard i mean he's an all-nba player i just think they could make the playoffs still without him or at least have a shot at it and if you don't great but if you keep playing him he has a risk of injuring himself even worse which could affect next year when katie is back and that's the real question is what is it worth it to you right i don't think that season is worth it if you even if you get the sixth seed or you're not getting the sixth seed but even if you did you're not beating any of the other teams. It's right. just not going to happen. And to so, your point, yeah. To your point, they're not getting better with him on the floor. They're not getting worse with him. It's like it. It, it doesn't matter either way, right? Like I think no. technically, I think they play better basketball without him, and we know this because it's streetball, Kyrie, ISO, Kyrie. Like this is my team, and I don't get others involved as much. I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm a supporter of him sitting out like Durant and I'm with you, too, man. Like I, I really question that Durant Kyrie pairing and it'll be interesting to see if they can make it work. I trust Durant. Like, I think he's a bad man. Thirty one. Like he's still young enough to carry a team. I just don't I'm, I'm nervous about him with Kyrie. Like, can they can they coexist? It's it's I don't know. That's so. a fair point. And again, we're we'll see what happens with, you know, what that comes down with. But speaking of a team, you know, that is actually coming on strong and actually is worth it. The team that they just lost to Utah jazz, 10 game winning streak. Now let's talk about this franchise right here, because back in November, even as is recently, maybe even as recently as the early December, they were kind of in that Utah jazz mode of just, where are you at? Like they're, they're losing record, not playing well, not meshing. Obviously, they had to incorporate some pieces, and that was a conversation around that time. They are. I'm so happy they're coming back because they were what my predicted. Uh, they were my predicted uh, conference finalists. So, 
Clearly, I'm a genius. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, you take a look at certain players and how, they're, how they've been performing. Like, Joe Ingles has put, put it on a, a show, I guess, statistically. And, and you know, he's kind of come alive since um, the last, you know, 10, 15 games. Uh, Conley being out has allowed Donovan Mitchell to have a little more freedom in the backcourt. Um, I, I think Conley's a decent fit in Utah, but I feel like Mitchell plays a little bit better when it's just kind of him running the backcourt um, with kind of a less ball-dominant player. Uh, and, you know, like, you can't mess around with what Rudy Gobert is doing in the paint, right? Like, he's he's a type of player that, you know, can can pretty much defend or make it hard to score in the paint when he's down there with his hands up, right? So I, I think, like, with the freedom of J- Donovan Mitchell, what he's been able to do with Conley being out and, and certain players just stepping up. And I think what, what makes the Jazz so unique is that they have have they have this chemistry that they've built for some time, right? Like, they have this rapport with each other. They've tasted success. They're really the main guy that you lost from last season is Rubio, right? Um, yeah, but they, they picked up Mike Conley. Mike, Mike Conley's, Conley's been, been out. out. During this win streak, he's been out. Well, that's what I'm saying and because they have the they they have that chemistry and report. I mean, the, the the one trade they've made so far for Jordan Clarkson was a perfect pickup for what they needed at the time. I mean, it's it's pretty strange to see a team without their, in my opinion, their second best player not being there, um, winning ten games in a row and being second in the West, which. To be fair, they, they if you look at their schedule over this win streak, it's not been great. It's competing, yes, they're going against bad teams, but they're one really close loss to the Miami Heat away from being a 16-win, uh, beyond a 16-win streak without their second-best player. Now that's con- it's uplifting and concerning in the same in the same context. We're seeing this team win with better continuity without their second-best player on the floor. Is Mike Conley the same as he used to be? No, but he's an extremely efficient point guard, somebody they were hoping to rely on to carry their franchise, possibly to take him over the edge, and we're just seeing them play better without him. I'm wondering if it was more down to injury that he was struggling, but this is a whole new job where they're going to have to mesh this guy back in. Speaking of the Kyrie scenario, we're looking at Mike Conley in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another hot team right now in the NBA is the Grizzlies. They have won like six or seven in a row. They've been they've been red hot. They have two quality wins, uh, most notably against the the Rockets, and they've beaten uh, what other team did they the beat? The Clippers. The Clippers. The start the streak. They're they're holding firm to the eighth eighth seed now, which is kind of surprising because this team was so young to start the year, but. When you take a closer look at their roster, they have a good mix of veterans, guys who have been around the league for a while that has tasted vic- winning, right? And yep. and uh, like Valanciunas and Jay Crowder, but then you get guys, you know, young rooks like Brandon Clark and John Morant and uh, Dylan Brooks is a young, another young guy who's taken taken a step this year. Like it's a good it's a good balance that they have, and they, they're they're tasting success because I think a lot of it has to do with that that mix of young and veteran what do you think yeah I mean I think the only veteran that's really standing out right now is 
of Alan Tunis. I mean, Kyle Anderson's doing okay. Ty Jones isn't really offering a whole lot. I mean, the young guys are really carrying this team off the bench when they beat the Houston Rockets. They got, you know, 32 points from Brandon Clark, Melton, and Allen together. That's a great scoring co- combo. Then you have the three, the, the three young guys in the starting lineup, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Morant, and Brooks. Those are all guys under the age of 25. That's a core you can build around for a championship squad if you can get maybe one more piece. Uh, and, and, and you have a good coach. The coach, I was looking this up because I was wondering about their, their, their team and how they were doing. Their coach is the, was the former assistant to Mike Budenholzer, probably wants to play a lot like him. Like him. Clearly a similar style. I mean, this they have the pieces in place. They just need to mature together, right? We're talking about Utah Jazz coming along together, having a few years under their belt, understanding you know what the coach wants. This is in the first year with their new coach. A lot of young guys, first year with a new point guard. He's playing very, very well right now. <laughs> above his years i mean we're, we're i am excited about what this franchise looks like what are your thoughts yeah i mean it's it's uh they're not ready yet obviously but no. you're starting to see the core take shape um i think you know with 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 clark jackson morant and brooks is like kind of your your young core and you know like the fact that jaron jackson has t- already taken a big leap into his second year is encouraging and you know what you got out of John Morant. You knew he was a franchise-changing player. Uh, it was really the, like a one-two draft this this past year, and you know the the Grizzlies got a little lucky, and they're taking advantage of their youth. That's that's the bottom line here. Is that you're you're having a coach like you mentioned from the Boonholzer family tree there to kind of start letting these guys be free with kind of how they want to play their style of playing kind of allowing them to play a game where it comes natural to them. They're playing with their, 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 their pace, right. That they're comfortable with. Um, I just think the balance of kind of how they're structuring this team moving forward is, is fantastic. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, it, it's going to take some years. It's going to take some camaraderie, but um, I think this could be, a pretty this, this team could be contending in about three years i think three years time i mean they're contending right now what's to say they couldn't contend well now? well uh, i mean that eight what seed is they use this team right now i i think they have a legit shot at the eighth the seventh and eighth seed in this conference is terrible oh the thunder the th- i think the thunder are much better than the grizzlies man Oh, I trust the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder are fine. I'm talking about the seventh and eighth seeds. Obviously, OKC's right there. I'm talking. I mean, do you really rate them that much worse than the Spurs? I think they could beat the Spurs. They just have the legs. Well, the Spurs aren't even to make the playoffs. Well, they're in the playoffs right now. They're number eight seed. Where are the Grizzlies? Ninth seed. What? Man, I, no, I the Memphis Grizzlies. Sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies are the eighth seed right now. You really think – I mean, the team that I could see coming up again is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, but <laughs> you again, lost me. like – They're only four <laughs> games back from Oklahoma City right now. <laughs> I don't trust hour. the bottom the bottom two seats here. I think the Memphis Grizzlies could really have a shot. Amateur hour, man. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean? 
Whatever. I I think I think the Grizzlies have a real shot of making the playoffs. I think they have a real shot at getting swept in the first round. So what? That's fine. If they actually get swept, the Grizzlies fans care about they actually are good basketball fans. So you're they care you're, about you're using the word contending lightly, right? Like contending for the playoffs. Like contending to yeah, get into the playoffs. That's that's what I mean. You're talking about contending for a championship now, yeah. That's probably three three to five years away. But contending in my mind is you're a team that's in the playoffs. Yeah. You could be in the playoffs at that stage that at that age, at that stage of their development, that's contending in my mind. Yeah. It's not I contending mean, for like the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Like they need to go take that next step. Listen, but that's contending. Listen, like nobody, they, San Antonio, Phoenix, Minnesota, New Orleans, they're not going to. Don't count Minnesota in there. They're not good enough. I'm, I'm over this conversation. Minnesota needs to take a hard look at their franchise. They're not good enough to make the playoffs right now. No, they're not. And I included New Orleans, who's just as worse as they are. They're not going to make the playoffs. New Orleans, not, New Orleans is a better shot at making the playoffs than the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they have way less wins. My point is it's going to come down to – Amateur out. They, they have the same amount of wins. I'm a fucking idiot. They're gonna, it's going to come down to the Grizzlies and Blazers um, for this eighth seed. I don't see this. Uh, Spurs might may hang around, but I don't see them making the playoffs. As always, if you want to hear us, uh, come listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Rate and review us at both places, five stars. Please leave comments, leave thoughts. You can leave your thoughts also on our Twitter account and on Andy's Instagram pictures that he posts every once in a while. <laughs> Definitely give him some props for the work he puts in there. Uh, our Twitter account is not as exciting, but that's mostly because we don't hear from you guys. So please reach out to us. Give us your thoughts. Give us things you want to hear. We're entering into a prime part of the NBA season with the trade deadline, the all-star break. So lots of good content coming up here. We're going to be starting a trade segment as we lead into the trade deadline. We're going to be talking a little bit about our fantasy league, maybe uh, hopefully have a guest on here. But uh, as always, you know, if you're going to go one way, you might as well make it the two way and a little sneak peek in two weeks, us doing a podcast together. <laughs> and but what I mean by together is in person, literally together. Because you're coming to L.A. Brat. <laughs> <laughs>